Welcome to the Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network and sponsored by Film Obsessive. This is the tirade film movie debate hosted by two film critics, cool dads and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan. And I can't do that. Day. Oh, wrong sci-fi movie. Never mind. Uh, I'm William Johnson. Oh, yeah. Maybe that one. Uh, that'll work. That'll work. Uh, wrong sci-fi. Folks, we, you can hear it already. We're damn glad to have you, folks. This is all for tantrum's sake. We're shared passions and high fives. Wash away any place for eight. No matter what, we encourage you all to love what you love. But for now, the gloves are off and the hissy fit is on. This week, we're continuing on the sci-fi track that we started last week with Starship Troopers. And going back a little farther... Uh, to something that is easily a seminal classic. Uh, we're doing Ridley Scott's 1979 movie, Alien, recommended by um, this you. one, me. Yeah, like I kind of hopped into this and I'm like, hey, uh, loved it. And you're like, well, man, I've seen the whole series. We should do the whole series. So there's a good chance today is part one of something we will here and there take care of between now and probably the end of the calendar year. So um, we're going to take that journey of rewatch together, see how we feel about it. Um, I know you're kind of a diehard. I'm more of a sideline guy who's stepping into the game to see how they play. Uh, so we'll see um, what happens here. Yeah, I, I am. I guess when you say diehard, I am. When you asked me, like, we were going to do which Alien movie, I was like, let's just do the first four. Because I yeah. I love all three, all four of them almost equally. I mean, it's okay. it's tough because I do have, of all those four, I only, I think I only have one in my current top 100, which is Aliens, mm. sure. I believe. But uh, either way, I, I, I adore them all. And uh uh, you know I do, anything after that i don't really adore but um yeah yeah alien well, that's is where five on my list 85 and that's you know so alien one if we're gonna call it alien is is not on my top 100 but uh aliens for a long time was like my number two or number one favorite movie for a long time but um, I, I no, this movie is pretty uh-huh. incredible but since you are the i mean i, I say since you've hit it more recently yeah go ahead and go first you betcha no um where this is going to come into play is um and maybe this will be back to we were commenting last show when we were doing starship troopers this is kind of outside the five for a second here but uh how we've been on a bit of a love fest and it's kind of why be the the reason why is we keep picking these darn good old movies that we want to revisit and put some time into where they're all i mean they stand the test of time because they're damn good cream rises to the top Mm. um but we're going to get to a place where me being the sidelines, not super active alien universe person. Um, and I know we're different here. I really dig Prometheus where the challenge for me is going to be do the five OG movies. Um, as I go back through them, help me. Do they help me or hurt me when I get to Prometheus and go, how are we going to run it back and do it again? So does it, is it still kick as good as I think it does? Because I, I mean, at the time, maybe it was a little bit of fan Lexi in my brain, in my in my veins. But that was a five star movie for me back in the day, where I just the technical prowess is there, the suspense is there. Uh, I was glad that it was alien without needing to be full on alien. Like I was, I wasn't waiting for the other shoe to fall. All movie, it, it got me in a good surprise place. And mm. I know we're not doing the Prometheus pod now, but uh, if, if, if but if we get there. I think we might finally get to a place where we can have fancy fit and we're due. So I'm going to say, yes, let's do the OG four. And then it just for fun, do Prometheus. Now, after that, what was the second one um, with, with Fassbender? Uh, uh, Alien Covenant, which is yeah. the one I like and you hate. So 
I'd see, and then then we've got two. All right, because to me, you're back to like bad horror movie tropes of like killing people in showers. Like, hey, we're better than that. Come on, or we're supposed to be. So, um, I think we've got. Well, now now we're talking about six good things, but we're leaving out Alien versus Predator. Those that garbage and bullshit, right? Uh, no, they don't. I don't know, even know what you're talking about. Up, oh, oh, it, it's on the list with those Star Wars thingamabobbers that are uh, what. Pre-ish. Yeah, I, I don't know some the kids are talking about him, but uh, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, then, uh, good. We we have six future episodes to get us to January or <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. All right, I'll start my five here. Um, uh, do, 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 do. yeah, here's my timer. Um, so Alien for me is, um, this was a really cool revisit for me, and, and to be able to get back here and kind of this is easily the recently when I watched it, sat down and watched it. Um, it was easily the first time I've seen it since college. And even, and then as an, you know, not the best horror movie guy, not that I have my shit censored, like uh, our guy, Joel Winstead, but uh, um, I just didn't go to this shelf of the movie of the movie theater you know, or the movie rental house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just didn't go there. I was, I was into more action, more comedy stuff like that. But um, where I saw it then and um, it it probably for me in college was just too slow, too moody, too 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 um too heady. But now watching it now, man, it it just all clicks. Um, the um the bleakness of it, the excitement of it, the 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 uh, uh the um uh, claustrophobicness of it is off the damn charts. Um, the the basic practical filmmaking shines where the the production design work of not just like not just the mother room and some of the things where there's some bells and whistles but like the space jockey uh set with uh just the amazing um you know is hr geiger correct um just mm-hmm. the the sculpture work and the care and the 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 mythic work that you know you look at it you see it and you know there's a story there and i love that really scott doesn't just blather on trying to over explain everything that's possible with it and just shows it to you makes your wheels turn and go and something tells me i just pinged what will hurt the most when we get to prometheus is you can't come in here and over explain so um here we go there go down from five stars to four already so um but no um the fact that alien comes in and gives you nothing in terms of backstory and any of these people they open the pods you're in stasis they're having cups of coffee and fucking cigarettes just trying to get their shit together and come back when there's alerts of this recourse of that uh you think there's a you know a, a nefarious company pulling the strings to push them on their courses along to do what they do and then you see this threat come along where is that what's drawing you here is that what's drawing them there and then have the shit hit the fan in one of the most suspenseful ways possible um this was really cool for me to see recently because um I became a first timer watching the thing uh, a couple months back where um probably a future show for us just to have a good time um watching the thing you could tell that movie's running thanks to something like Alien that walked before it where how creepy and ominous can you have something track and hunt your people down in a very small setting where um i i think john carpenter owes a bouquet of flowers to really scott for getting this thing going here in, in 79 i'm also realizing that this is um is this a year after halloween or a year when yes. did halloween come out 78? 78 so that's where really scott is needs to go give john carpenter his bouquet of flowers back and say hey you mm, you show me what Oh yeah, we'll, we'll get into that later. But go ahead, please do. Um, but no, like you showed me like a slasher film in space. What? How? What would that look like? 
and mm-hmm. uh, to nail it like this, and and then you get you know Geiger's talent to to infuse it is great, and um, gotta love the female protagonist. Uh, Ripley has become a legendary movie character, but you can see that you can see the twinkles in the beginnings of what the potential is there because Sigourney Weaver is a darn good actress, mm-hmm. um, and but um, watching it with adult eyes, forgetting a lot of what what transpired more than anything. You, I, I, for, I, you know, I forgot about, um, you know, who, which one was a cyborg. I forgot about, oh, here comes, you know, here comes um, John Hurt's the one's going to get the chest burster. Like, I got to watch it with almost fresh surprise this time around mm, and nice. with the with the visceralness and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I got to see it in, um, you know, pretty good definition, pretty good television at home where it's nice and loud. The kids weren't home. I can play a movie at full volume for instead of subtitles and whispers. So, um, yeah, it just, it, the atmosphere of it, the creativity of it um, and the suspense of it all done in very simple and effective fashions. Um, and I'm glad this movie has become a bit of a blueprint and a template for several folks that followed, but at the same time, it's a blueprint and a template that deserves um, kind of preservation and taxidermy because I know we say this every show, but they just don't make movies like this anymore. It's, it's overdone to death. It's over affected to this, even its own, even its own sequels as we talk about with in other shows um <sighs> solely its place so um i'm happy this movie exists it's probably going to get me to a point where like you um i'll probably stop watching after og4 and maybe start dismissing the others but this movie is so important and so good i'm, I'm glad it's here hell yeah man love to hear it love to hear you Talk about horror movies too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the other thing I'll I'll say just in, in piggybacking uh what you're saying about the bouquet of flowers. Um, the other one is uh Star Wars. Uh because ah, that's right. Not not from a plot or character perspective, because these are probably as <laughs> apart as you can get <laughs> right between because you know, with Star Wars you've got the uh uh, you know, the archetypal heroes and villains and stuff, whereas this is basically truckers in space. Um, but uh, the used future concept, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. Great th- the great thing about Star Wars, and if we're going to talk about, um, you know, people not learning their own lessons in the movies that don't exist after 1983, uh, that I don't know what I'm talking about, but, you know, the great thing, the the really great thing about Star Wars was, and that original trilogy was what they called the used future. The fact that it wasn't, it was kind of not, I wouldn't say anti-Star Trek, but just different from Star Trek and that it wasn't polished and clean and perfect. It was, you know, something that you could imagine um, existing. And Ridley Scott loved that. Like he was like, holy crap. And you will be, you would be, um, hard pressed not to immediately think of like the Millennium Falcon in those opening shots because it looks like it. I mean, it looks like it looks like the Millennium Falcon, not the outside of the ship, but the interiors. You know, in terms of like the hallways, the the rounded corners, you know, the stuff like that. It's it's very used future. Uh, it's very Star Wars. So I'll, I'll give Alien credit for that as well. So everyone's passing bouquets of flowers around. What I will give Ridley Scott a lot of credit for. Um, is to, in that climate, you know, 
uh, at that time, like you mentioned, 77 is Star Wars, 78 is Halloween. We're talking, we're talking um, the beginning of cultural shaping filmmaking, right? And for him to lean on the slasher side, you know, the independent film side, as opposed to what might have got it more bucks, which would have been to make a sci-fi opera epic, is a nice move. Um, and science fiction in general, and this is what kind of defines the 50s and defines uh, you know, the 90s and, and a lot of areas, is how outer perspective, I guess, um, science fiction is. It's always so grandiose. You know, everything is the world blowing up or, you know, a, a life-changing disaster. The great thing about Alien is how uh, interior it is, how insular it is, how it's all taking place on one ship. You know, this Alien, you know, we understand where it comes from, but it's, it's also its, its own unique creature because it comes from something else. Uh, that's something that would be explored in the David Fincher Alien 3, which is different aliens come from different hosts. Uh, you know, in Alien 3, there's, depending on which cut you watch, it either comes from an ox or a dog, and that changes the type of alien creature it is. This one happened to come from ingesting in a human, so it's a lot different. But I also agree with you on the whole idea of not explaining too much, okay? And Ridley Scott himself for you know i i have a love hate with ridley scott i think i mean obviously he uh directed one of my all-time favorite movies blade runner um and uh but i still get enraged because uh on the alien commentary track um that came out when i used to have the alien quadrilogy like 12 disc box set that you could open up and it would stretch like seven feet. Um, he kept talking about that goddamn space jockey and how he thought the space jockey were these aliens that would, you know, uh, bomb planets with these alien creatures and all this shit. And as he's saying it, and Sigourney Weaver's on the commentary with him going like, uh-huh, right, Ridley, right. You know, like, I was like, just, there's nothing cooler. And it is kind of ruined now. In a way, there was nothing cooler than the fact that, like, it isn't just the alien that these truck drivers in space discover, but there's, like, another alien that the alien came out of that they discover. And there's no explanation. Like, it was so cool to see this alien jockey that kind of looks like an elephant and be like, what's that guy's story? Oh, well, I guess we're moving on to something else. And you had that in your head. Like, that's another great thing that I think goes unheralded in this movie. And, of course, now because everything is so niche and everything is so overexplained, we now know who the space jockey is, where he comes from, who created him, what his purpose is, what the aliens are. There's a goo. There's all kinds of shit. I do miss, like you said, they don't make movies like this anymore. Just keep it simple. Let our imaginations do some of the work. So... I, I love the movie. It's a fantastic film, and I'm sorry I have to sit here and gripe about it because of what it became. Mm. But learn the lessons and just be simple like this. And that's what I think, to, to a degree, Aliens does, but especially Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection do. Is they keep it simple, damn it. And that's what this movie does great. Well done, sir. Let's take a break for a short announcement from our non-corporate partners and friends. 
You've seen Twin Peaks all the way through, but all you have are spoiler-free discussions? At Blue Rose Task Force Podcast, no information is classified and nothing beats the listening sensation when production history collides with deep theory. Put the coffee on. All right, welcome back. Yeah, like, um, so many movies, and, and now that I'm realizing and starting to, like, it's all clicking with light bulbs for me, like, you're right, Ridley Scott has taken exactly his own thing and over-explained it. Um, whereas I don't know how many movies we can say now get away with what Alien did of of not having enough explanation. Uh, explanation. Probably the closest comp I got, uh, and again, it probably and it is probably Cloverfield. Um, mm. Cloverfield, you know, um, at least that first one where it's just kind of the found footage thing, mm-hmm. and um, it, it keeps it, you know, it, it, characters you don't know a lot about other than what you witnessed at the party in the camcorder before things got started. Um, and but and, and yeah, this creature is here and it's doing its shit and you gotta deal with it. What wait, it's inside of bodies and, and the mystery there fuels the suspense. By the time you got to well, ten Cloverfield Lane, the sequel's pretty good because again, you're in an isolated situation. Kind of the ma- the madness of the people, the alien kind of shows up the end. If if anything, the alien kind of ruins Ten Cloverfield Lane. You can mm. just stay on a you can just stay in a John Goodman Hitchcock movie for two hours and be just fine. Um and then the Cloverfield Paradox one, the one that premiered at the Super Bowl, where it tries to go space origins of it all. Then you're really just getting stupid. Um, oh, and yeah. yeah, and I think you're right. The lesson is just make what standalone really good movies. Not everything has well, to be and- a franchise and everything has to have lore. Some things fit it. Some things don't. Lord of the Rings, you got lore. This just be really scary in one place and you got well, it. it's funny because the three franchises we just mentioned. Yeah. Star Wars, Halloween, yeah. and Alien are all victims to taking that simplicity. Ugh. Like Halloween, I was just showing my daughter this the other day. I've shown my daughter the alternate timelines of Halloween, like how you can watch the movies in what order and what they mean. And at one point, the original sequel trilogy, so Halloween's one through six. I mean, by the end of it, you're finding out that Michael Myers is... You know, he's like a druid. Mm-hmm. He's He's got this curse that's been going on since before yeah. Christ. And you're like, what? Like, the fuck is happening? And that is kind of my issue with uh, Prometheus and Alien Covenant. I like Alien Covenant because I think it, it's more closer to Alien than Prometheus was. Because Prometheus is kind of exists solely to explain Alien. In a way, or that yeah, universe. Yeah. Whereas Covenant goes back to, okay, what happens when these particular people are stuck on this little planet with this infestation and yeah. adds the whole android element, you know, of, uh, I, I, I do, that is kind of a sidebar. I, I love it in this movie. Um, it's a nice twist in Aliens, and it continues to play throughout the series, even some of the ones I don't want to talk about. but. <laughs> the whole idea of this additional intelligence, this artificial intelligence, which has always been a very fascinating concept for me, like how it's kind of monstrous in itself. I mean, one thing I think that alien hints at and aliens really drives home because it's kind of a James Cameron thing. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of the whole idea that, you know, <laughs> the, the corporations are their own monsters as well. You know, like, you know, it, it's that thirst for, capitalizing on something when you should just leave it well enough alone. This movie does explore it. Alien does explore it. Um, 
but I, no, but to go back, I do enjoy the the Android element of this too, where it's it's kind of like this is something else you can't trust. Also, it's like it gives an extra stake. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in Aliens, when Bishop is the good the good Android, the whole movie you don't trust him because of what happens in this movie. Right. You know, you should trust him, but you don't. And and in the end, you know, you end up caring about the character, but you've always got that. Hmm, what's Bishop going to do? You know what I mean? And I love that this movie sets that up. Um, that would be an example of, you know, uh, a sequel, not necessarily explaining too much. It's using the lore that already exists without over explaining. We still don't know who made the androids or we might know the name, but we don't know mm-hmm. the history behind the company. And Cameron wisely uses the, uh, paranoia we get from this movie to play into the drama of the next one. That's smart. Yeah. Uh, that's a smart way to do a sequel. Um, but yeah, once you start explaining every little thing and, and star Wars is a poster child for this, like very true. Every guy in the fucking background has an action figure and a backstory. And it's like, yeah. sometimes you don't need that. Like, Return of the Jedi had one of my favorite things, and I made the mistake of like mentioning it on the internet. And then, of course, everyone told me, and it ruined it for me. But there's like this little spider creature that shows up in the background of Jabba's palace for like four seconds. Yeah. And I've always been like, what the hell is that? Oh, well, it's really cool for four seconds. I don't need to know anything else. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then I find out they have names, they have a whole culture. They've got a whole oh, I gosh. And I'm like, I know. Fuck, I don't care. Is that and, on. Is that on the creators or the fans? Because, like, I feel like Star Wars, the like the the expanding universe of fan fiction and all the books and all the comics and all the stuff non Lucas created mm-hmm. is the culprit there. Here, it's kind of all well, Scott. Is it's it's not because it's definitely Scott because he made Prometheus, he made yeah, yeah. Alien Covenant. That you know that's on him because he felt okay, here's the story I told, and I think it requires more explanation. You know, I I think, and I don't know if you'll believe this or not, you know, I think one of the few franchises, which includes my all-time favorite movie, that only has one sequel and still does a pretty fair job of not over-explaining a lot is Blade Runner. And the fact that Ridley Scott did not make Blade Runner 2049 is probably the best asset to it. Because it's somebody else saying, okay, we're in the land of legacy sequels now. We could make the same movie again, or we could just expand upon it. Blade Runner 29 for its immensity in terms of, you know, budget compared to the first one. And the fact that they go outside LA, they go to Vegas, they go to the outskirts of, I think it's called uh, San or Los Diego or whatever the fuck it is in the beginning. <laughs> it's It still is very insular it's still a very insular personal story you know and that's what i think gets forgotten a little bit uh i won't say like i said i love the first four alien movies almost equally because they all in some way retain alien an alien aspect to them and when i say alien i mean the movie yeah they're very insular they're very isolated they're not universe expanding i mean they don't even get to earth until the last shot of alien resurrection. So it's never like one of those kind of things either, where it's like, once they get to earth, watch out, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's always on a ship 
or a prison planet in Alien 3 or a specific colony, a very isolated colony in Aliens. Alien Resurrection is on like a research vessel. It's all still very isolated, haunted house, slasher-esque. There's different ideas going on. Mm-hmm. In them. Like you said, this Alien is a very much a slasher horror film. It was yeah. sci-fi trappings. Aliens is a sci-fi action film. Um, and then Alien 3 is is very much a, I would say, closer to Alien in terms of the claustrophobia, the horror aspects, uh, the insular nature of it. And Resurrection also has that too. So Aliens itself is actually kind of the outlier of the first okay. four. But yeah, once you get to Prometheus, yeah, it is on the creator because he's like, hey, I think you want to know more about this. And a lot of us were like, no, we don't. <laughs> so mm. that was thrill the us, problem. Buddy. Yeah, yeah, just thrill us. Um, I, I'll pivot from thrills to um, I feel like the thing that can hold a movie up, because obviously a movie like this, the concept, the beast, it, 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 like that's kind of the, the ticket that gets you there. Like. Um, I know we're talking about over explaining concepts, but just like mm-hmm. the idea that, hey, we're, we're here. The, the, the logistics bring, bring people in. Like, where are we? What's the threat? How are we going to get out of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, like just the, the, the mechanics of the situation is a draw. Um, and when that's done well, like you can just have a really fun looking thing. I think mm-hmm. the thing that takes it to another level is if you have really good humans or people or characters that you're exactly. watching. With it. Yeah. And I, I feel like, from my vague memory of the others, um, I mean, Aliens does this right where you've got a pretty cool ensemble. Um, I feel like the diminishing returns show up by the time you get to three and four, where it maybe people are over labeled as, well, you're not going to make it. Like it, it gets too obvious who's going to um, make it, who's not. Versus this movie where you really are, you know, you know, someone's going to die because here's an alien loose in the ship. But how, why, and how, why, and how, why, and who? It's shocking every time, at least the, at least the first time. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll push back a teeny bit on that. I won't go into too much of it. But yes, I do agree with you. And the, the key is um, the everyman aspect of it, because okay. you can identify a lot more. Like when I go and see, you know, Jurassic World, right? Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. I think Chris Pratt's a great actor and I think he's wonderful, but I can't relate to him. No. Like I could have Sam Neill in Jurassic Park because Sam Neill was yeah. kind of like my dad. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it wasn't like Chris Pratt's the best wearing scientific superhero. Like no one exists right. in the world like Chris Pratt. Exactly. Yeah. So alien really succeeds. And, and, and we're all pushback is like in aliens. Okay. Cameron plays against it because you're thinking, Oh, these are the badass Marines, right? These exactly. guys, and they all get killed first. That's right. You know, and it's so like it plays with the idea you're back to the every woman like Ripley, mm-hmm. you know, fighting with a child in aliens fighting against these aliens, not the gung ho Marines. Three and four, we'll get into some other time, but right. they also have more redeeming values, I think, in the characters. Also. Yeah. Like you but, told me, like, um, like Ron Perlman's a character you, you, you gravitate to in one of them. And like, and yeah. uh, by the time you get to, I know Prometheus is. All, we're already starting the discount Prometheus uh, journey here, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I mean, Fassbender, I, admittedly, is pretty damn good. Um, and I, and oh, he's I, amazing. I, his his yeah. character is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, but, I don't mind Sean Harris, but Idris Elba kind of playing a stereotype, and and Charlize Theron is there as the proxy of things we've seen before. Even Guy yeah. Pierce, who I love, is doing yeah. a, a Guy Pierce thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in but in this movie, like. Yeah obviously when you see it without the twist and see it without the progression, like you, you go into it going, all right, Tom Skerritt, be my hero. 
you know, and, and oh, Yafet Yafet Koto be, be my badass, you know, and Harry Dean Stanton, you're the cuddly guy we love, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then and then Hurt and Holm obviously bring a little bit of prestige because they're theatrically trained good actors. I don't know how sure. exposed they were by this point. This is mm. before I think this is before Elephant Man for Hurt, and obviously Holm would be a character uh, yeah, actor Ele- forever, you know. Elephant Man was eighty, so right, yeah. All yeah. right, so this, yeah. get him early, um, but no, like you said, they, 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 at, you're watching an entire crew, and Veronica Cartwright would obviously do well, all the things, like, but you're watching an entire crew of every man, like no one she's, is. You know, she's probably the most realistic. I mean, I've never been oh, in sure. a life or death situation, but yeah. I guarantee you as tough as everyone wants to think they are like 90% of people are probably Veronica Cartwright. Who's just like I agree. going crazy because it's like, Holy yeah. shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and well, here's the, here's the thing. I don't know if you knew this. So about the okay. trivia of the film, if you want to talk about, don't tell me too much and keep to basics. Uh-huh. The, the script of this movie does not specify gender for any of the characters. Ripley was not was not written as a woman. It was not written as a man either. It was just written as Ripley. Yeah, so it was. It was yep. up to the. And here we are for forty years, completely championing. Look at you, Ripley. You gave us a female hero. Who, well, that's well, a- that is that is that's the screenplay. Ridley Scott right. decided to put, or the casting director, or whatever they decided to put women in the certain roles that they did, and okay. that's great. But like Ripley, who we like, you said we idolize as. I think the Ripley that is idolized as the female action hero is more from Aliens than this. Agreed. One. Yeah, agreed. Um, because, you know, Ridley Scott, like I said, love-hate relationship with him. He does kind of have a little bit of a leering eye. We do get, you know, Gosh, yeah. uh, the end of this movie, we do get frosted nips, tiny underwear, Sigourney Weaver, even though she is this badass person. It wasn't until, you know, you get someone like, James Cameron, who has always been a champion for strong women in his film, right? You know, to kind of give her the badass thing. And David Fincher took it another level with, you know, shaving her head, which I think is so fucking badass. I agree. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this this is not the Ripley that would become idolized. Uh-huh. I don't think. Um, yeah, but regardless, the, it's still the, good, the origin story of what would yeah. become the badass. Yeah, this is a good. This is still a, she's still a great female actress, and obviously was right for the role. Yeah. So, like the fact that it was not written with a certain gender in mind, um, I think is that's cool. I did is a that. benefit. Yeah, is a benefit to Ridley Scott and the creators by. You know, because it would be really easy. We we do see this a lot. Like if you watch like a Transformers movie, right? Like mm-hmm. at least right. the Michael Bay ones. You know, it's usually like eight guys and then like the one hot chick, right? Uh, so true. This is this would have been really easy to be, and and actually a lot of movies with Space Marines make this mistake by casting all men. Yeah. Or the or the one badass chick, the one. Yeah. This this one kind of went okay. Look, we don't have there's no genders for these characters, so let's just pick the right person for the role. And that's why they got who they got, you know? Um, but yeah, like Tom Skerritt, you know, I think isn't he, he's the first to die. Well, not John Hurt is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's the first to die. Like when they're searching around the ship, right? Like, he's, right. Uh, yeah. Like, with the great jump scare. Like I still, uh, yell. Uh-huh. Like, when you turn, he turns the light and the thing like goes like, yeah. boo, like, yeah. that, you know, a, a plus jump scare. You're so right. Yeah. But that's, that is a, a great twist of it too, because yeah, Tom Skerritt 
at that time, at least 70s, kind of represents the hero of the pitcher. He's the yeah, captain. Definitely. He's got all the decisions. He's confident. He's brave. He right. goes right into the tunnel to get his ass killed right away. <laughs> like yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's great. You know, and it, it amplifies the tension because you're going, oh, shit, the most experienced probably officer guy, the captain, mm-hmm. the tough guy, the badass, he's dead first. Yeah. And now I've got the two Ham and Eggers, Yafat Kodo, yeah. and Harry Dean Stanton, who all they were uh-huh. bitching about is getting paid and smoking cigarettes. Now uh-huh. they got to fight the fucking alien? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, holy yeah. crap. You know, it's it's a great, it's just a, every turn is just a yes. great twist to it. And, and and if you want to call it the sexism of the time, but you, audiences were probably expecting that Ripley would probably be Veronica Cartwright also. They would be the kind of freaked out yeah you know chick the characters one. the mm-hmm. weak one and ripley's the lone survivor as she usually is in all these movies so yeah uh yeah it's it's a great i mean just everything from the casting to the screenplay to the twists and turns make it a classic but also just make it so simple it's 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 like a, it's, it's elegant just, it's elegant it you know what elegant I mean? and simplicity you're dead right where um it, it, um, you were talking about it with the extra detail into the production design, like like you said, the used and dirty version of space. You know, is is simple yet it's not like creating a set with a billion pipes and wires and buttons and like and not no no clean lines, many places at all. So just I I can't even fathom the the set decorator team that had to be like, all right, well. What what's the set to look like? Well, let's throw everything in the kitchen sink in here to, mm-hmm. but layer it and then dirty it up. And it sounds like from a production standpoint, it was easy to dirty up because it's just such a a scroungy shoot of like, you know, the the smelly fake blood, the glycerin to make you look hot and sweaty, uh, the animal yeah. guts you 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 have to pump out of John Hurt's you know torso, and so it's it's yeah, like and and you, when you hear about all of the stories that go with it, we're we're just indulging in practical filmmaking like you know they they all the the shortcuts the corners they hear the there and um the simplicity of prosthetics and miniature work and and i just they they they, well, it, they it were is, smart great movies then you know it is uh oscar nominated uh production design um, yeah as it I'm should be look, i'm trying to look up who it lost to ah uh, all yeah. that jazz uh, um, the big, heavy, the big flashy one will win that one every time. Well, yes. heavy hitters in that category. All that jazz, Apocalypse Now, China Syndrome, Alien, and Star Trek: The Motion Picture. That's some heavy hitters right there. All in um, production design in '79. Damn. Yeah. Yep. That's and then, huge. Uh, it did win visual effects. Uh, it beat out <laughs> Moonraker, uh, <laughs> the the Black Hole, 1941, and Star yeah. Trek: The Motion Picture. Um, wow yeah so some some impressive stuff there but yeah i i I don't know i I don't know if i can find a flaw in the movie to be honest with you it's just kind of you know yeah um yeah well if there's a flaw it's not mine and it's one i wouldn't label but i've heard Uh labeled out loud is Uh the navel gazing shit at the end you know uh i'm not one to to pigeonhole that or go oh well now since we're doing that like throughout the whole rest of the movie just because we put sigourney weaver in some nips and some panties you know like that's cheap it's low like but i i unfortunately know people who throw the movie baby out with the bathwater when it comes to this movie because of 
whatever vision of well, sexism they want to paint on this movie. And I, I just laugh well, and go. Ridley Scott, on. Ridley Scott has the reason why I mentioned that I have love hate with him is because he will have kind of these, even though he wasn't that old back then, but yeah, he will every now and then, like he'll have these random bizarrely like skeevy old man shots of women that I, I understand will price the shift. Like I remember there's one in like uh, that, that movie, the good year with uh, yeah. Russell Crowe. There's like this one scene where for no particular reason, like this girl's riding her bike and the, sh- the camera's like up her skirt, like looking at her underwear. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, I don't get it. He'll do that from time to time, but that's also probably his generation. I get that. But yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't, there's a, and we'll probably talk about this in that episode we'll do in the future about cancellation and getting mad about things and blah, blah, blah. But there is a point like, yes, is like, is there a little bit of the male gaze? Sure. sure. You know, but our, but another example I come up with something that hasn't aged well, because, you know, you know me, I'm a Jackie Chan guy is like something like Rush Hour, right? Where uh-huh. the humor is intentionally racially based, but mm-hmm. not in a clever way. It's like, let me say something like, let me have Chris Tucker yell go to Panda Express, Jackie Chan, you know, because it's, it has that connotation of racism to it. It's not clever. It's not witty. That's something where the intentions are not good. This, this is just someone, you know, putting a beautiful woman on, on camera for a few minutes. And it doesn't feel exploitative. Like exploitative would be like, Oh, She's in the shower and now she has to run around the ship naked and fighting. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's a little bit different. So yeah. there's some things people just need to chill the fuck out. <laughs> so. I agree. I agree. And um, it's um, I'm with you. It's, it's hard to find a flaw because this, um, I think, I, I don't I think I saw the director's cut version, but I think it still chimes in under two hours. Um, so it's well, tight we, as a guy that we talked about it's, this in an episode. We, you know, movies, Everything is just, it just feels in, in, and whenever the episode comes out, we talked about, I didn't mention in the Starship Troopers, but like, I remember yeah. watching Starship Troopers in the theater and thinking it was kind of long. It is. And it's, it's like over two, two. Hour, no, yeah, yeah, but it's like two hours and five minutes or something. Yeah, like it ain't nothing, movies yeah. just tighter. They're just tighter. Yeah. And this, this one, is a perfect example. It's, it's tight. It's, it's under two hours. There's not a scene I would shorten or shave. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't add or reduce characters. All of them are you need. I mean, you need a body count, but at the same time, they they all kind of like again without the backstory well, of like you don't have a like it's not Apollo thirteen where you need to like introduce the crew and know where they're coming from. Oh, I'm a dad. Like, there's not a over get to know. There's not a over overplay get to know you scene. You know, it, it just you get a little bit of that when they when they come out of the pods and they're trying to you know cigs and coffee and all that, but it's not super blatant of like well tell me about your life story bob you know it's never that low or silly or stupid and then but i think what sells this movie for me on it from a craft standpoint is i i go keep going back to it the production value the the mm-hmm. creating those aliens the puppet work the um yeah. oh my gosh the face hugger the 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 pod that it comes out of like it's just it, it, you have you space and then you have dirty nasty you know biological threat it, it's uh, and then I'm not a trailer guy and I wasn't around in 1979 enough to see this. I was in 79, but I don't know when this movie came out lengthwise. Mm-hmm. But like when I go back and look like that's how you do a trailer. Holy it shit. Just nothing. The, it reveals nothing. nothing. It's so damn good. Like, well, more, more of that, please. You know, well, and you mentioned 
you know, another thing, and like I said, I'll always go to bat for all four of the original aliens because yeah. I, I think they are always in the right spirit. Um, I, I don't think they necessarily cast people for body count, blah, 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 stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, one thing that um, people, I think, over talk about. Um, now, H.R. Geiger in his artwork is way more sexual. Like, you know, totally. like now I've seen, little, I've seen species. I know where he goes to. <laughs> yeah. Now this movie, certainly, I mean, we're not talking David Cronenberg levels of like, you know, right. vaginas sticking everywhere, but you know, <laughs> yeah. like sticking out everywhere, but you know, there is enough of it for you to notice it, but I uh-huh. think people hyper fixate on it and it it's kind of become more of a thing that I think it should be. I get the whole concept of the vagina monster, like sucking on your face and then, you know, kind of, kind of raping you and incubating you and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, But it it does feel like that's a part of it that also maybe, maybe I'm trying to think, I mean, (sighs) aliens doesn't really play it up too much. Alien three doesn't alien four does have Ripley fucking an alien. So that's a little weird. Yeah. But it's also done by a French guy, so that's probably like super hot yeah, to them. Yeah. I don't know. But it does feel like people are just like, man, the vagina monster got him. And I'm just like, I, I think it was a perfect blend of scaling down mm-hmm. a brilliant artist, but scaling him down so that it's not obviously a vagina attacking everybody. Right. It's, it's kind of a and and I never People always talk about the second mouth kind of being like a penis or a phallic symbol. Uh huh. I've, I've read that. Really, I've read that discourse too, and I'm like, I respect I, you here. I've never really bought into that. Um, so that is another aspect where I think you know we were talking about creator responsibilities. This is a fan one where I think a lot of people right, are like, right. okay, I saw the alien, and then I saw H.R. Geiger's book. You know mm-hmm. where it is clearly like you know an alien with boobs you know, and six vaginas and a penis mouth. Mm. And you're like, okay, uh, yeah, it's really sexual. Like, I think what future thing, because H.R. Geiger is attached to a lot of stuff and then they would eventually not use his stuff. Right. Because I think, like, people were just like, well, you're brilliant because the alien. And then he would be like, well, yeah, you should hire me because I'm brilliant. And then he would give them, you know, a penis creature and they'd be like... (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah, we weren't looking at the, I mean, I know you've seen species. I love that, species for all the I wrong love, reasons. <laughs> but there's a lot, well, yeah, but there's a lot of stuff in species they didn't use. Not yes. only because it was uh, like prohibitively costly or yeah. a prohibitive cost, but it was also just like, okay, dude, like we already got Natasha Henstridge. Like we don't need to make this any more sexual than, no. you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, so yeah, yeah. There's always there's a lot of sci-fi movies in history that H.R. Geiger is attached and then suddenly he's not attached anymore. And there's a reason for that. Ridley Scott and the production design team was able to find that middle ground of mm-hmm. bro- using his designs broadly. Yes. While also not disrespecting the artist either, because they are very quintessentially H.R. Geiger designs. Like, yeah, it's it's not like a bastardization of it. And, you know someone's going like, well, it was H.R. Geiger and they took it away from me and redesigned it. It's like, no, it's very H.I. Geiger, but they they knew how to, just like everything else, they knew how to scale it back and make it simple as mm-hmm. opposed to making it its own thing, which I think 
fans and fan art and even Geiger himself kind of started buying into that bullshit. And, and, you know, I mean, now I know Geiger is passed, but you know, he's making lawn chairs where, you know, you're, you're sitting on boobs and it's just weird. Uh-huh. Like, it's just weird yeah. shit. Like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the lead singer of corn, Jonathan Davis uh, had, sure. um, HR Geiger design his microphone stand. Oh, wow. And the microphone stand is essentially, a giant, tall, naked alien woman. It's just very disturbing and weird. And it's like, oh, okay. All right. I kind of prefer the scaled back version. That's maybe not appropriate for kids. Cause you do still have an alien that is puncturing someone's head with, you know, a, a very long second mouth, but no, it, that stuff needs to chill. Like, like let's, let's focus on, how elegant the designs are and the production mm-hmm. design and how simple it is. I think simplicity yep, is what we're looking it. at here. You know, it's simplicity. Yeah. Just get back, get back to basics. I mean, can you think of, I mean, maybe get out is one, you know, low budget. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Single setting I mean, for the most part, but it's titillating. not a creature feature though, you know, no, but, but, so. but titillating science where, um, it quote unquote hides the monster till the end and alien does a great yeah. job of hiding the monster for the most part till the end. And even yeah. then you don't get the biggest glimpse in the world of the thing and get out. If the monster is the, the, the neighbors and the tea and everything, like they still hide that very well to the end to we're, you know, discombobulating heads over there. Um, a movie, a creature feature that was this smart well, and patient, not necessarily a creature feature, but yeah, something that would demand, I mean, like, I'm not saying Get Out doesn't have good production design. I'm just saying it's obviously sure. set in the real world of the present. It's not as elaborate production design as something like this. So I'm trying yeah. to think of something that required, like, a setting like that, like, a re- like, like, required something elaborate but remained simple. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I'm trying. I can't think of. I mean, elaborate but simple. Um, good question. Because I'm thinking, like, the one I can think of that did the opposite is something like getting chronicles of riddick from pitch black you know yeah pitch, yeah pitch yeah black yeah yeah kind of they're kind of all over that planet and it's a little you know it's but this, it's still one planet yeah. and it's still one alien creature and then suddenly you've got fucking chronicles of riddick where it's like all over the galaxy and there's merovingians or whatever the yeah. fuck they're called and like you're like you don't <laughs> but you don't mean you don't mean necessarily a sequel no, I just but um, because yeah, like, like I, I like Scorsese keeping the hustler into turning the hustler into the color of money, without over amplifying it to like we're gonna do a national pool tournament like inter- not turning it into yeah. something huge. I mean, I know there's a Vegas thing at the end, but they cut before you ever go to the big thing that's gonna make your characters famous. Um, right, right. Where it stays, it stays street level, whatever this, whatever that. Um, but in terms maybe of a sequel, though, maybe, just maybe. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, it's obviously this day and age, it's hard to stay trying to yeah. find a non-franchise, non-sequel original film that oh, man. has that. Is, I, I got, I got one because again, it doesn't give away all of its secrets. Stays small, looks great. Um, I think you've seen this because I brought it up one other show, uh, The Vast of Night. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that one. Yeah. Well, and, and that's funny. I was going to bring this up because alien definitely utilizes, I mean, not only does it play off of star Wars, which was two years before yeah. and Halloween, which was a year before, but like many 
because of Spielberg, it plays with Jaws too, which is mm-hmm. don't totally. reveal your thing, which I think is ironic because if Spielberg had a functioning shark, oh, we thing, would have seen it all, all movie yeah. the whole time. So I, I love that it it would have got grand treatment like like the T Rex scene in in the first third of Jurassic Park is right. scary and majestic at the same time, where it does not lose its effect because you got it so early in the rest of the movie. Jaws maybe thinks the spooper being damn good at what he does would maybe be about that good, but it wouldn't be the legend we call it. It would be just, so, yeah. yeah. And, and, and also the other thing about Jurassic Park, just to mention it, is I think dinosaurs are only on screen for what, eight minutes of the runtime? Yeah, runtime? it's super short. Yeah. It's super yeah. short. So, like, that's simplicity. Like, that's yeah, not yeah. overselling your. But, 800 effects, filling the screen, corner right. to corner. Yep. So, uh-huh. yeah, I, I guess we have to think about it. Vast of Night seems like, and the reason why I brought up Jaws is Vast of Night seems like it is like that by necessity, not because. Agreed. Of, like, well, then what about, I got another one then. What yeah. about uh, Shyamalan Signs? Hmm. Is it small enough, local enough, threatening enough? I still I think mean, it's borrowing too... from Alien Like Crazy. Well, yeah, yeah it's it still a global. It's a global event on television, right? So, well, it's got no, but it's not the story though. Like the, it's oh, like anything else. Yeah. Like like anything else that, like a lot of sci-fi movies where you get the idea. Like another. Okay, you know what? Actually, I think I have one. Okay, I, think I have one. The Mist. Yeah, um, that's one that is clearly affecting the whole world, but we are isolated to one store. Essentially. Oh, then a quiet place is next. Quiet place, okay. Uh, which no. I haven't seen yet, actually. Oh, you're gonna, yeah. Like it. yeah, um, yeah. So, but those are all very terrestrial and still based in like, like, I don't, I'm just, I'm struggling to think of something that is not that is a sci fi horror that does involve, like you said, futuristic tech, mm. spaceships, aliens, but is so. You know, Vast of Night and Alien, the only difference is, is that... The period piece, what, yeah. Well, and, and but also Alien is studio-backed. Like, that was an independent... Vast of Night's an independent film. Yeah, it's made by the guy who's... Yeah. It was the guy that was doing, like, Oklahoma City Thunder videos in his free time, you know, yeah. like, for the, for, the, for the arena. And he just put this film together. Um, so, yeah, I, it's tough to think of a studio-backed. So we're talking millions studio of dollars, but not, yeah. but not a lot. Um, then, I'm 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 back to Cloverfield then. Yeah, I can You know what, Cloverfield. Yeah, but that's also yeah. modern day. Just has has happens to have an alien mon- like yeah. Godzilla monster in it. Like I don't know. This might be still unique for its. But it's well, it's still it's still the belt holder. I mean, is there? Yeah. A- is there any better single single setting high concept sci fi thriller than this? I don't have one sci-fi well i guess it depends on if you're talking like traditional in space spaceship alien sci-fi yes um yeah, there's there's is... a there's a little movie i love i mean you could i don't think you could classify it as a superhero film okay and i don't think you could classify it necessarily as pure sci-fi okay um, but there's a film called dread with carl urban Mm-hmm. which i think is absolutely fucking brilliant and that's yeah. close um because that's him if i remember that one it's you, he's in the same building floor to floor to kind of get to the boss at the top right yeah and it's it is sci-fi in the sense that it is the future it's, yeah. it, it's dealing with judge dread not the stupid stallone one but right i know is, it's, yeah, it's more Carlo, comic Carlo accurate one, yeah. um hyper violent very intense um claustrophobic one setting um 
that is close, but because it's set, even though it's in the future, the only thing that's really high tech is like Dread himself and his gun. Mm -hmm. Where he is in this drug, this 200 story drug apartment complex is kind of like the ghetto of the city. So it's, it's a little bit more, I wouldn't say modern, but like, yeah, it's not futuristic. So it doesn't demand as much. You just need kind of shitty hallways, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so, so it's not as elaborate as something like alien, you know, alien, you need to sell the ship, the technology, uh, right. the alien exactly. itself. You have to, you also the have com- to, the computer talking back, not helping with their problems. You need a lot of, you need yeah. a lot there. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the LV four twenty six, wherever the hell they land on, you have to do that planet. You have to create that space jockey. Mm-hmm. You got to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the belt holder. I mean, I'm sure there's something out there someone's thinking of, but in terms of mainstream studio-backed, simplistic, simplistically told, you know, not grandiose, like, production mm-hmm. design storytelling. This yeah. has got to be, this might be the champion. This might be I, the, I, the, the belt I holder, think so. Like yeah, because um, anything else is just bigger, because, like, or louder or worse. Like, I guess you can say like Deep Horizon in 97. I mean, there's imitators that try. Or like, I, I, when as soon as you said scared getting killed first, my brain went to Deep Blue Sea and Samuel Jackson getting killed mm. first. And um, But again, even that movie gets ridiculous where, but now we're back to creature features and, and that's its own oddly. Once again, that's still. It's, it's, it's its own narrow lane because I'm an anaconda guy and like. <laughs> well, that's you know, still all very terrestrial based on Earth, not very as much, so. much production design as you would need. Yeah. For something to like go, I Did you ever see um, Ryan Reynolds, Jake Joan Hall a couple years ago, Life? Always wanted to. I never saw it. It's, it's really trying hard to think it's this. Um, <laughs> and, and it sucks um, because it thinks it's this or thinks it can be this. Um. Yeah. I mean, we're. I, I don't know if I, maybe it's worth a watch because you have good stars in it. Trying, you know, trying for some heart. You know, some like level horror. Yeah, and, and I, Reynolds is good attempting to not be Deadpool. Um, but it's <laughs> it's cockamamie and, and ridiculous. Um, they're, they're but yeah, I wasn't there a Johnny Depp one with Charlize Theron, like the astronaut's wife, where he comes back. Yeah, but there's fight alien or something. It's yeah. Like, there's, no there's a lot of alien there, ripoffs. No creatures. There species. are. It's kind of a yeah, sort of. But this is um. So I mean, I think we're well. I, until users comment for us, I think we've got yeah. it. We're we're looking at the belt holder that's undefeated. And not yeah, we'd love to hear. Thing. We'd love to hear from you because I mean, if there's something, we're, there might be something out there that we're just totally. I wonder if there is. On, yeah. you know, because <laughs> there's something out there that someone's like, duh, idiots. It's this. Yeah, but. That wouldn't be a surprise that we're idiots. So, um, final thoughts? Anything you want to say on Alien? Uh, the champ is here, and the champ. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, for for the journey we're going to tiptoe ourselves into. Can't wait to take new adult eyes into the next three, four, or five movies. Yeah, I'm really anxious to go on this journey with you because, and I don't mean yeah. anxious in a bad way. Like I'm really excited to hear your thoughts because this is where the hissy fits might come back. Because I think that I think. I'll find my limit, huh? Like a camera well, movie I'm in for. Well, I, and what I hear, Fincher and the Frenchman are going to challenge. Those yeah. are going to challenge. But also there is, there is kind of this debate 
out there, I think you've seen it in film circles. It's always alien or aliens. You know, that's kind uh-huh. of the debate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my argument with those two and the other two is that those all those four movies are so distinctive to their director's voices and so mm. different in their presentation, all four of them, that you never kind of get what you would get with maybe like a lot of horror films once they got to the third or fourth one going into the 12th one where it's basically carbon copy, you know, right. All all four to me are so different and unique and wonderful that, um, it just happened to have the same alien and same woman. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Well, well, same woman. And and in the case of alien resurrection, maybe you'll, we'll get into that. Ah, that's right. um, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into that, but I am I am excited to go on the journey with you because um, I think these will inspire some discussions because they mm-hmm. they are hotly contested in the communities. You know, there's the Sweet. aliens fans, there's the alien fans, there's alien mm. David Fincher heads out yeah, that's there right. that adore David Fincher and everything he does. So there's a large contingent of Alien Three people out there. I'm probably the only person who likes Alien Resurrection, so that might be a tall order, but we'll see. <laughs> all right close this journey to go in the next one sir yes 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 so folks uh we now have merch from shirts to stickers please find some sweet cinephile hissy fit swag on tpublic.com slash user slash ruminations radio network follow me and don on x i still don't want to call it x but whatever follow us on twitter x at cinephile fit on facebook at cinephile hissy fit podcast and instagram as cinephile fits find both of us by name on letterbox to check out our film reviews and ratings we are also on rotten tomatoes and we are charter members of the independent film critics of america thank you so much for your loyal listenership in our tussles and for connecting with us on social media cinephile hissy fit is a rumination radio network ruminations radio network podcast sponsored by film obsessive and 25 wild media if you enjoyed the show the ruminations radio network has more excellent programming with stellar hosts and spirited topics. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our show and others on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast.